Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Fantasy Book fans? This is Stephen, your host with Mythology Podcast. I have my lifelong friend Ben along with me today, and this is an exciting episode for us because we have a special guest, author James Eilington, all the way from Australia, here to talk about his new series, The Hierarchy. The first book called The Will of the Many comes out next week, and Ben and I have both read it and really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I don't want to put you on the spot here too much, James, but I do... I mean, I do believe this was my favorite book that I've read so far this year, so I'm really excited to chat with you about it. Uh, we're, we're not going to do any spoilers, so if you're if you're listening and you obviously haven't read it, don't don't worry, we're not doing any plot things, but we do want to kind of get into uh, like inception of the series and just kind of James's career as an author and, and wherever else this chat takes us. So uh, yeah, thanks again, James, for coming on with us. Nice. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, get us started then. So just kind of as an intro, tell people that are watching, listening uh, a little bit about your career, uh, where you're coming from, uh, your your previous trilogy, like Cadian's trilogy was uh, pretty well received, pretty popular around. So I think you're like a fairly well-known name, but uh, for those that don't, um, haven't read your stuff yet, uh, what can they expect from you if they pick up an island? Can- sure. Um, let's see. So I guess going going back into yeah how I started as an author um I I started writing 12 years ago now and um uh I was very much inspired by um you know what I read as a teenager which is uh, you know stuff like uh, Wheel of Time and Magician and and things like that uh but then I, I in my 20s I I really didn't I didn't read a lot of fantasy I guess um uh, I kind of I, I didn't go off the genre at all I always wanted to write but it wasn't until I picked up uh, Mistborn um, by Brandon Sanderson that uh, I, I really went, oh, this is this is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, just what he did with, um, I guess, his pacing and plot twists and, um, and, and the way that series really came together um, was really just inspiring. Uh, and, and I went, cool, this is, you know, I'm, I'm ready to write now. Sort of thing. And um, so I, I guess... Um, with Lacanius, I mean, I went into it going well. Um, particularly, Wheel of Time was a really big influence when I when I was growing up, and so I, I kind of went, you know, I, I want to write something with that sort of feel to it, but with mm. um, more of a pacing of, of Mistborn and and, <laughs> yeah. and with those sort of plot twists and stuff like that. I mean, like I still I still love Wheel of Time, but man, does some of those books drag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, the slog. I, yeah. Yeah, the slog exactly. Like I, I actually tried rereading it. Uh, it was a few years ago now, but um, it was it was well into when I was writing Lycanius, and I went, uh, you know, I, I've uh, I've obviously talked a lot about Wheel of Time, and you know, I, I know, you know, the, the tagline for the series, which Orbit put on it, was basically, you know, if you love Wheel of Time, this is for you, sort of thing. I was like, ah, oh, man, I really uh-huh. should reread Wheel of Time because it's been 
20 years. I started reading it and I got through, I think I got to about book two and I went, nah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's not that it's not that it's some of it's some of it's great. And obviously, um, it has it has depth and there's some amazing foreshadowing in it and it's a really cool world uh but by modern standards now the pacing there's a lot of it's very description heavy there's a lot of yeah. really slow parts it goes off into very very random side characters at points and you know and some people love that but but i, I kind of went look I, i'm probably i'm better off reading uh, newer stuff and exposing myself to new ideas. It's it's cool to hear that you're so inspired by Mistborn. I I um and when I was in my mid twenties, I kind of fallen away from reading fantasy a ton, but I read all yep. Sanderson stuff, and I was kind of just like waiting for the next Sanderson books to come out. And so the Lycanius trilogy is really the like the thing that was like, oh, there's other authors out there that like. <laughs> so anyway, I nice. it's a huge compliment to you because um yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because and then from there I kind of branched off to a lot of other different fantasies. So it was a uh, it's cool to hear you say that because it 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 I mean your books inspired me to keep on reading other stuff too. So fantastic. And I will also plug um, the Lycanus trilogy is one of the only fantasy books that my wife has read with me. So it's like the one trilogy I can all be like, hey, we're uh, you know it's kind of like that. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. So you uh, mentioned it's been three and a half years since Lycanus trilogy concluded. And now you have a new uh, series coming out, The Hierarchy, yep. starting uh, with The Will of the Many coming out next week. So tell us a little bit about the inception of uh, that series, what readers can expect, what was the process of going from series one is complete and it was it was successful and now series mm-hmm. two, like that, that seems like a, a pretty big jump as an author. Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, it's funny because I guess, I guess the inception of it was I got to... It was 2019, um, and I, I finished off um, book three of Lycanius, um, and you know it was kind of you know, March or April, and my agent sent me an email going, uh, you know, "Publishers are asking what's next," sort of thing, uh, <laughs> and there was definitely a vibe that they would have really liked me to keep on going with, with Lycanius and write more <laughs> in that world. Um, which, which I understand from a, from, you know, from a financial point of view, it's, it's a short bet essentially. Um, yeah. And look, and I, I, I loved writing in that world. I am very you know proud of those books and, and will 100% do more stories in that world in the future. Like uh, I've, I've already got one uh, story that um, I mentioned at the end of, light of all that falls that um mm-hmm. I, it's essentially content that I, I sort of cut from that that i will go back to and that's that's actually on my list of things to do relatively soon uh but yeah 2019 i'd been working in that world for for eight years yeah. <laughs> uh and it was just i just kind of went nah this is this is the point where you know i can become an author that does one world for for the rest of my career and yeah. and, and th- th- that's okay like some people do that and they do it well and and, and they clearly enjoy it um but I, I just felt like it was time for for something new uh so that was kind of I, I, I wouldn't call it the inspiration for for hierarchy but it was certainly the starting point for where i started to look for inspiration because mm. i went i don't want to you know, i don't want to keep on going with lacanius right now uh, i want to do something new but if i'm going to do something new i don't want to do lacanius 2.0 mm. You know, I, I want to make sure that this is a, a different series. It's a, it's a blank slate, so I can I can stretch myself a bit as a writer, 
um, I can I can try a new perspective. I can try, yeah, just coming at things from a different angle, I guess. So that was really where I started, yeah, looking for inspiration was just, you know, what are the points of, of differentiation? Mm. Uh, so, for example, you know, th- this is written first person. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's something that some of my some of my favorite series are written first person. And that was something I was just I was keen to try. It's a different it's a different challenge, especially with epic fantasy, because epic fantasy, obviously, to be epic, you need this this massive scope. Like that's kind of the definition of it. Right. Uh, and then for first person, you, you're following one character and to right. convey massive scope of a story from one character's perspective can be can be really tricky. Mm. And it's it's also uh, it's a, it's a lot more personal. I think when you go first person, you, you're mm. in that character's head a lot more. Um, it's 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 really it's a lot more zoomed in. So yeah, that that was that was an interesting um, um, challenge for this series. I I decided I was going to try and base it uh, off a historical culture this time, mm-hmm. uh, rather than just kind of make it up off the top of my head. Essentially, <laughs> again, just just as a, a it sort of started as a very neat way of going, you know, this will feel distinct. This will feel, um, you know, grounded in something that we're all relatively familiar with. Uh, but then I, I chose, uh, it really ended up being a fairly obvious choice for me, was uh, Ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. And that was that was great because it's, uh, I'm actually surprised it's not used more often in, in epic fantasy because it's such a great setting for it. Um, it's, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, after obviously, reading those. Yeah. After reading the book, I was thinking like there's got to be a lot of like kind of Romanesque stories, but the best comparisons I could come up with were uh, Red Rising, like kind of, yep. and yep. Uh, Jim Jim Butcher Jim Butcher's Codex Alera series. But after that, I I didn't have a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, but but like I was, you say, it's, I was exactly it's like same, such an yeah. obvious choice. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I, I and, and admittedly my my when i started my roman history was uh, uh you know a little bit shaky uh, you know <laughs> i i'd uh, i'd watched gladiator a couple of times um, <laughs> but um but you know I, I went and really delved into the history and that was a great source of just inspiration even just for little world building things mm-hmm. uh so I, I really enjoyed that um i really enjoyed taking a that yeah historical kind of culture and and applying it to fantasy and then um, you, know, you mentioned Red Rising just then. Um, it's a series that uh, I've only read the first trilogy, but I, I love, absolutely love that trilogy. And uh, that was one of the inspirations for this series as well um, in that mm. kind of the, the pace and the tone and, and the really proactive protagonist in particular. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because a lot of the, there, there's some other similar things um, you know, like Romanesque setting, um, and even thematically, um, they mm-hmm. did like they're at a very high level. You, you could say that, yeah, right. there are similarities. And uh, it, it was funny because I wrote the blurb for um, the Will of the Many. It wasn't really that long ago. It was, you know, we we we'd done editing. We do. It was it was all set. And I wrote the blurb, and I went, great. This is this this is this is a fine blurb. It 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 explains. It conveys the story and all that sort of stuff. Also, it sounds a lot like Red Rising. I haven't just <laughs> copied Red Rising, have I? Um, I, I had this, this just this moment of panic, going, "Ah, oh, this sounds, oh, this sounds too similar." But uh, you know, after about 
five minutes, I, I kind of reassured myself, no, 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 it's, it's fine. They are, they are different. They are uh-huh. certainly, they, they, they cut from the, the same cloth, obviously, but um, I feel, I feel quite confident that, um, yeah, the, the books are very different and, and, and certainly yeah. where the series are going as well is, is very different. So, yeah. I can say if you're a fan of Red Rising, you'll probably be a fan of this book, but especially, yeah, by the end, they're just like completely different. So, yeah, um, yeah. I um, I think that this, like, I think it's probably because of the first person point of view, but this is like the book that I stayed up late reading. Like, I haven't stayed up until like 3 a.m. reading a fantasy book in like, mm-hmm. like probably 10 years. But this book multiple times, I was just like, I can't, I can't put it down. I just have to read the next chapter. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I think one of the, things that you're really wonderful at is like there's just this world that feels like we just got plopped down into you know what i mean it's there's so much depth yeah. and it just feels like like people are living this world apart from like the main character and that we just and so i think again the first person point of view kind of lends itself to that but Definitely. um it's it's just really like yeah there's just so much depth and and so i really appreciate that uh, that about this book excellent fantastic one of the things that I enjoy is that you have a lot of you have a lot of tropes that are commonly used in Duel of the Many. Like yep. we have we have our magic school, right? Uh, which is something that everyone always loves. And you have the, the main character protagonist who is is very capable, um, and, yep. r- right? And it kind of goes through a lot of similar um, beats that, that you've seen in other books. But um, at no point did I think like, oh, this is this is so overdone. I've I've already seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is boring, right? Like it, it seemed like a, a fresh take on a lot of these things. So how did you do that? Uh, like when, as you were writing the book, what was your thought process in going through and saying, I want to have all of these kind of similar things, but I also want it to feel fresh. Like what was the, uh, what, what was the workflow in doing that? Mm. Yeah. It's, in- it's interesting with tropes. Um, I mean, obviously as soon as I, you know, um, when, when I pitched it initially and, you know, it had, it had a, it had a magic Academy. It was, you know, that's obviously um, a, a very well-worn trope um, and, and it can be done. It can be done poorly. It's always about execution, I think, mm-hmm. but um, it's funny. I think, I think, you know, over the, over the years I've become in, in a lot of ways, I've become a lot more analytical with my writing. Like I can, I can uh, look at what I'm doing and go, okay, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm using this scene to do this and, um, mm. uh, you know, looking at it in a, in a very mechanical sort of way. But when it comes to tropes, I still find that that's very much the the artistic part of it for me where, where I, I, I just use what I want for the story and I, I just get a sense of as I'm doing it, um, you know, sometimes you're using a trope and you go, well, I'm going to play this straight because it's, it's it's sort of comforting to the reader and then, Sometimes I'm going to completely subvert it, uh, subvert it to um, surprise them. Um, but I never really approach it in a mechanical way. Um, I never, mm-hmm. I never sit down and go, "Okay, there's this trope. How am I going to make it different or make it fresh?" Mm. It's, it's purely. A, I'm going through. I know where I'm going with the story. I know, I know the themes that I want to explore, um, and I'll get to a certain point, and I'll be like, "Okay." Is it is it time for a surprise? Is it is it time for mm-hmm. for a, a quieter period where you know you, you get a, a sense of satisfaction in seeing a trope played out? And so yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting question because of all the things that I think I now approach a lot more mechanically, I think tropes is still something that I, I very much just just play it by ear. 
That's, I mean, it seems like you have a very intuitive sense of that, like of what to do there, because, Mm. you know, even though there's a very capable main character, it feels like he's getting like, just kind of pushed around a lot in the book. You know what I mean? And so I think that's (laughs) one of the things that helps make it feel fresh is because like, yeah, one-on-one fight, this guy's going to like kick some butt, but like when it comes to like the overall, like politicking and stuff, he's like, he's got some work out of him. So and just like the pacing, like there was one part where both Steven and I were like, man, we're so glad that like, it was, I don't want to give any spoilers, but it was just probably the most heartfelt part of the book. It was probably two thirds of the way through and he's having yep. a conversation. And both of us were like, man, it just felt like he, like just the sense of home that like really connected with both of us. And yep. and that's like a part that I think, like an aspect that I think is missing from a lot of books. And it was very refreshing to find in this one. So it was just, um, I don't know, like, I think you have a lot of intuition when it comes to those kind of tropes and, and how it connects with readers. Cause it's certain, like, especially that scene certainly connected with both of us. I mean, we talked about it quite extensively together. So. Fantastic. Yeah. I I know, I know, I know the scene you're talking about and (laughs) um, (laughs) I was, I was, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes you write books and and you, you finish the scene, you go, yeah, I'm pleased with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh, that, That was definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, you mentioned themes. How do you approach? Uh, how do you approach themes in your series? Because it seems like you really tie them in pretty closely into the plot. Like Lycanius, mm-hmm. this exploration of of free will was very much uh, a part of what was going on throughout. Uh, you know, like a major part. It wasn't just like here's the story and here's this theme that's kind of connected. It, it like was the story, and it seems like we have something similar going on here uh one of the major themes is like imperialism and Mm -hmm. what we're you know how do we interact with this empire romanesque empire right and um is it are they good are they bad and um and and how does that all tie in together into what's going on in the story so how do you how do you do that because i mean it really seems like it's woven together quite nicely yeah i think i think it's largely uh that I try and I try and start with the magic system uh, being uh, important to theme uh, in in some way. Um, so in, in Lacanius, mm. uh, ob- obviously um, the the augurs being able to see uh, an, an inevitable future that that immediately brings up questions of free will. And and, and similarly, um, I guess with with hierarchy, um, the way that that will uh, is. Um, with that, that that structure of society mm-hmm. and um, sort of the systems of power at play and, and all that sort of stuff, it's 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 kind of it's integral to the world. And so, in a, in a lot of ways, I can't avoid it. <laughs> I can't avoid exploring exploring those yeah. themes. Um, and so, it's not sort of a, a tacked on story element. It's it's baked into the world. And so, I would have to actively write around it to mm. not not be exploring it um and that's i mean you know this is only my second series but um i think that's definitely something that i i want to do um i i think that's it's a great way of of using fantasy is um is to have a magic system that is interesting in some like morally complex way, I guess, or, or, or philosophically complex way. And so, so yeah, I think, I think that's kind of why my books tend to be so, so focused on theme and it, and it just interests me generally. Yeah. So, 
That's really cool. I think like a lot of times creativeness happens when we kind of like confine confine ourselves a little bit. And so it seems like yep. that's kind of, you know, you're kind of like confining yourself and, and letting the creativity flourish from that. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, like you said, the, the unique magic system of, um, and it's not too many spoilers to say that like this magic system kind of comes off the back of the many, so to speak is, I mean, that's such a unique concept and it's something that I don't think we've seen done before in this age of hard magic system of having this like second class of citizens that's supporting it. And it's one of those ideas, like kind of like with the Roman empire, where like, that seems so obvious, you know, like once you see it, you're like, how, you know, how is this not written into more books? So it was, it was really cool to see, to see that done so well here. And like the moral, like, hazards that that presents to society so i it was it was cool awesome awesome yeah i know sanderson talks about uh i've kind of i've listened to his lecture series and one of the things he talks about is is a magic system that then like ties into all aspects of society because if you have magic in the world it doesn't make sense that it's not like you know actively forming all of the world around it and uh yeah like, like ben said um the way that the magic in the in the hierarchy works very much influences just the structure of the entire world. And yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really well done. And it really just kind of makes it work because then our main character who doesn't really like what's going on quite as much as trying to resist, but he can't completely because <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah. So ingrained, yeah. It would be like being very like anti-capitalist and trying not to spend any money. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you do, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, exactly super- right. Exactly right. And yeah, and I think that was that was um, definitely another thing uh, that uh, I, I enjoyed writing about the book was that yeah, coming coming uh, from the perspective of a character who you know trying to essentially avoid the inevitable social pressures of of that that society was was just um, yeah, it was just really interesting to to write. So we have a, a few questions from uh, fans on uh, discord and one of them here i'll read it off he says uh, i really liked the take that mages were despised rather than revered in this series he's talking about uh, lacanius does he plan on turning other tropes on their heads in the upcoming series and uh i mean i'm i think the answer is probably yes but i'll let you <laughs> kind of speak to that a little bit <laughs> um yeah i mean it's it's kind of like i was saying before with 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 tropes I mean, yes, yes would be the answer. Um, uh, I, you know, I certainly don't play all the tropes uh, completely straight. You know, that I think there's there's some that that um, follow an expected path, and some that uh, probably go in completely different directions. Uh, which I think is what makes a good book because you can't you can't subvert all of them. Otherwise, I mean, there's a reason that right. that the, the, the yeah. tropes are there because they they are usually really enjoyable storytelling devices mm-hmm. um so you got to have some some mix of um you know the familiar and and the surprising i think uh but yeah definitely definitely and like i said before with 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 tropes i don't i don't look at them mechanically and, and go oh, i'm definitely subverting this because i i'm going out of my way to subvert this or anything like that it's very much an instinctive thing uh, but yeah, for sure, for sure, there there will be more of that. So between the two series, Lycanius and Hierarchy, what would you say were some uh, like some similarities in the way that you wrote them? Um, what was what was easy mm. for you because you're like, oh, I've already kind of 
figured out how I want to deal with this specific problem in my previous mm -hmm. series and and what was different. I mean, I know the POV thing, that sounds like it was a, a pretty different challenge going from third to first person. Uh, was there anything else that kind of surprised you as you were writing? Like this is unexpectedly difficult or different? I was a little bit surprised at how difficult it was to get into a new world. Um, mm. I, I, uh, I shouldn't have been, uh, but I, I, I underestimated the, the task or overestimated my ability or something at some point. Cause uh, and like, like I said, I, you know, 2019, I was like, right, I'm, I'm ready for something new. Uh, and then, you know, a couple of months into that process, I went, have I made a mistake? <laughs> um, cause, cause, uh, you know, you sp you spend so long in in one world, and you, like as a writer, you're thinking about this stuff constantly. And Lacanius was such a complex series as well, like because um, yeah. with with time travel, especially, you're constantly going, okay, have, have I made sure everything's consistent? Have I, you know, how is all the yeah. how are all these pieces going to fit together? And and so yeah, my head had just been in this one world for so long, and and then trying to break that mold uh, and go in a completely new direction and figure out new themes and, and what I was interested in exploring even. And yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, I was obviously fine in the end, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I found that that was, that was really, um, that was an interesting experience um, going through that for the first time again. Uh, what else? I think I was just a lot more other, other than that. I think, I was I was a lot more equipped coming to it this time. Um, Lacanius uh, was my first series, and you know, there's there's things you're very much just feeling your way while while you're writing it. Um, as as much as as much advice as there is online, and you, you can do all the research in the world, but at the end of the day, it's it's you're only really learning through writing. Um, mm. And it was funny because looking back. I think particularly for the for the second book, like I, I had I had Lacanius planned out in in broad strokes, like I knew exactly where I wanted it to end. But I wrote the first book, and that's you know writing your first book. That's such a big effort. It's such a big a, a accomplishment just to just to get that finished, let alone um, you know out to read his hands and stuff. But I went through this process of uh, I, I finished it. Um, I had my you know friends and family beta read and they, they really liked it. Uh, but that was that was kind of all the feedback that I had. Um, and then I went to agents for about a year and got rejected all the way yeah. along the line <laughs> and then eventually went uh, self-published. And when I went self-published, it wasn't that I was it wasn't throwing in the towel by any stretch of the imagination. Like self-publishing was just, reaching that point of respectability i think when i when i did it there was a few big hits but um it was still a little bit like you know I, i'd say oh, i'm an author and people would say are oh, you who you're published by i go oh, i'm self-published they go ah oh, okay uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh when i self-published so it was 2014 so i started 2011 so i self-published 2014 and by the time i self-published i really hadn't done a lot of work on the second book uh and i wasn't expecting much at all from that experience and then when it suddenly started selling i had to go ah oh, okay I've, I've got to write a second book now i've got to <laughs> um 
and I kind of went into almost just this this panic mode of writing where I was like, okay, no, I've got to make this good, and um, uh, I've got to I've got to make sure this all fits, and and so that experience of really writing the whole trilogy, but especially the second book, was kind of it wasn't rushed, but there was just a lot of figuring it out as I went and kind of doing it under a lot of internal pressure. Um, Cause again, you, you're writing a second book after a successful first book uh, and you're going, Oh man, I, uh, this is my dream. Essentially. I want to do this as a career. If I put out a rubbish second book, uh, that could be it. Yeah. So yeah. Th- so this, this experience now um, is just a lot more, I feel so much more confident um, mm. writing this book a lot more relaxed, a lot more certain of, of how I should do things. I, I've, you know, I, there were mistakes. Um, I think I made in, in some approaches that I, I, I did to, to Lycanius. I don't think that they ended up as issues necessarily within the books themselves, but just in the writing process where, mm. you know, I, I would, I would do certain things with drafts and then go, oh, no, I've, I've wasted two months doing this. Mm. And so you, you learn a lot about yourself, about what works best for you during that process. So, yeah, I think writing this book was on the whole, aside from that initial period of uh, panic where I was a little bit worried about just starting the new world, I think it's been very smooth overall. It's, it's cool to hear you talk about like this self-publishing thing, because I'll say, I mean, this is remembering back like 10 years ago now at this point or whatever, yeah. but from like the fantasy book community, it was like, it was I think it thrived because it was self-published, if that makes sense. Like people felt like yep. they were like finding this like diamond in the rough. You know what I mean? Like, holy cow, what's this book? It's like has so many layers and it's self-published, man. Like, can you believe it? And so, um, whereas like, obviously like it's a dream to be published by like a, a massive publisher too, but like you wouldn't have had that same like sense of finding something unexpe- unexpected, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, it was, it was an amazing experience just um, because I, you know, I, I didn't know marketing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really made me appreciate like how important just word of mouth is mm-hmm. uh, to, to authors, because, you know, I think sometimes you see a really successful traditionally published book and, and you kind of go, oh, is this, is this just a big marketing push? I, you right. know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think pretty much across the board, everything that's come out of self-publishing and, and there are some amazing stories come out of self-publishing. I mean, even uh, a book I read recently, um, uh, The Lost War by Justin Lee Anderson, I think publishes today uh, by Orbit, but that was originally self-published. Um, and I, I read mm. that recently and really enjoyed it. But anything that's coming out of self-published kind of has to be noteworthy kind of by default because... Mm word of mouth is how it's getting noticed um yeah. So, so yeah it was as it, it was a great you know I, it was a very unusual path to publication um to traditional publication but uh i certainly i wouldn't change it for the world for sure so does it seem like we have another question here and i know you kind of said that you had like uh planned out i know that mm-hmm. there's kind of like two things that people talk about a lot about as authors like either you're like an outliner or you're like a you know, like discovery writer, right? And yep. so it seems like just from reading your books, you have like the plot beats and it's very clear like, like you've thought about this, right? But so, but like where on the scale would you put yourself on that? It's funny because I'm probably less on the outlining scale than you would think. Um, okay. I de- definitely, definitely always know where I'm heading. 
Okay, um, yeah. And and so I, I definitely have an outline and for for the series as well. I think that's important for for mm. fantasy series. It's a, it, I think it'd be easy to go. Okay, I'll, I know where I'm going for this book, and I'll figure out the rest later. Yeah. But um, to really bring everything together as a as a conclusion to a series, you really want to know where you're heading. Yeah. And so I, I tend to I tend to figure out um, you know where do I want to end. How do I want everything to come together? Where do I want the characters to finish up in terms of character arcs? But uh, and, and then sometimes I'll, I'll also have uh, uh, major scenes that I yeah. have, you know, I have in my head where I'm like, yeah, no, this this is a scene that's is going to be cool and crucial, and I'm definitely going to have this uh, in book three or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but everything else along the way, I do tend to. Um, I, I tend to fill in the blanks a lot. So yeah, I have a skeleton, but I tend to fill in the blanks a lot as I write. And some of my, I think some of my best ideas do come while I'm writing, um, mm. which unfortunately means that I have to do a bunch of drafts. <laughs> Sucks, just <laughs> blows me down. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I was a, a one draft guy um, because that would be amazing. I am uh, just both in awe and incredibly jealous of Brandon Sanderson and the way he, he it's like puts the percentages produces. up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. He, he's, he's such a, he's such a great example of somebody who he writes quickly, but he writes quality and he's, uh, yeah. I mean, he's just a great ambassador for, for the fantasy genre generally, but I, I, I unfortunately am not that fast. <laughs> um but that's okay you know i i yeah that's that's my process um it takes me a little bit longer to write but you know i I plug away every day and i i think i think the good thing is that i'm not necessarily fast but i feel like i'm i'm confident enough now that i'm a fairly consistent writer like i'm you know i'm going to be bringing out a book every one and a half to two years roughly and i mean even this book what are we now? 2000. Yeah. So like I said earlier, it's three and a half years since Light of All That Falls was published. But realistically, I actually had this finished mid 2021. Okay. And what just ended up happening is that there was a really big delay in editing. So I submitted it, I think July, 2021, and we didn't get to editing till late May, 2022. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Look, it was just, you know, publishing backed up a lot. Um, my editor also just had some, uh, he, he was sick a couple of times and then he had some personal stuff and, you know, it, stuff comes up. And it, right. it was, it yeah. was not, a, not anybody's fault. It wasn't, it wasn't an issue even. It certainly, it threw me a little bit. Like I, I did, because, you know, you, you're waiting on your edits for book one and you start, you start, I did start book on book two, two yeah. but, but you're kind of going, ah, oh, am I writing stuff that I'm just going to have to scrap because, <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if things change in book one. Mm-hmm. So there, there was, there was that delay there, but, but yeah. So even, even this first book, even though it was three and a half years since I last published something that was still only a couple of years of actual writing yeah. to, to get to near completion. And then, you know, there's another couple of months on top of that for editing when we did get around mm-hmm. to it. But, but yeah. Well, here, hearing you say that you are consistent is good because you are masterful at like this cliffhanger at the end of books of like just turning everything on its head and like making you really want to like see what happens next. So yeah, I see that grin, like, you know, you know, like <laughs> so 
I'm excited. I'm excited to write. I, I, I've, re- I've really been enjoying writing this this new one based on the ending of. of... Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously, I can't say too much, but but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing people's reactions to the ending of this one. Yeah. Yeah. So Lycanius has this same type of feel where uh, you're going along and it's it's a fantasy story. Then all of a sudden, really everything changes. And you mentioned there's a big time travel element to that series. And uh, I mean, we're not going to talk too much into what's going on here in the hierarchy, but same type of thing. Like there is stuff hinted at. And then by the end, you're like, oh, man, there's a whole nother layer to this thing. Like, is that like the the Islington brand? Like. You like to have that in your stories and just uh, pull stuff out at readers. I, I I think so. I think I really enjoy. I think it's it's kind of almost just part of how I plan out books. In that, I mean, obviously, like I said, I know I know where everything's heading, and so you know, I know all the information. And it's it's more about timing the reveal of key information. I guess at the at the mm. end, um, that like I don't. You know, I don't want to leave people like I, I feel like with this book, I was, re- I was really pleased because I feel like this book is to an extent a quite a nice self-enclosed arc for the yeah. most part. Yeah. And the the ending isn't, a, you know, it, it isn't a, a cliffhanger in the sense of literally, you know, somebody's literally hanging from a cliff and you don't know whether yeah. they're going to fall sort of thing. Uh, it's more of a it's more of a tease for what's to come. It's very much um, like the first book of Mistborn, you know, where it's like, okay, they got the Lord Ruler. Like what, you know, what, what happens next though? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I think I certainly enjoy writing books, I guess, it, like that. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see as we, <laughs> as we continue. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you need some beta readers, look, we're all, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely very anxious to see what happens in book two. <laughs> it's it's tough when you do like have these early releases because you do just want to talk to like everybody about it. And you're like, I only know one other person that's read it, you know. And so we're like trying to theorize, trying to, you know, and we're like, there's no Reddit post that you can go to and see these theories yet, you know. So yeah, yeah. And then I imagine you have to wait. It's it's I mean, you guys, you guys at least have, you know, it's it's just before release. Uh, my wife read this story in in 2021, <laughs> and I don't I don't show anybody don't show her. Work, oh, in, okay. work in progress or anything like that, and I don't really tell her what's uh. you know story stuff because <laughs> I like to because she's 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 great she's she's a great beta reader and and so I don't want to give her a heads up on what's happening because I actually want to get her reaction. But uh, so she's been living with with that for for two years already. <laughs> Man. That's funny. I don't envy her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to ask about world building and I want to ask about characters. So uh, let, let's start with world building because you kind of touched on it already. Obviously, we have a, a new, a, a brand new uh, series and world that that have, has been created. And it sounds like you said you kind of sat down and plugged away at it for a couple months before mm. uh, thinking of I made a huge mistake. So... <laughs> What's your like? What, what's your process of creating something and getting all these different pieces together into a world that can support a strong story? Yeah, um, I, I think, like I said earlier, it, it sort of starts a little bit with the magic system um, and deciding on a theme. Yeah, I'm, the process is just a really messy one. <laughs> um, it's it's not 
I guess because I've really only done it, I've really only done it twice. Uh, and the first time, I mean, you know, I, I started writing Lycanius when I was 30, but I'd had ideas for it for for years, years and years, like, you know, since I was a teenager. Uh, nothing, nothing well developed, um, but just some of the basic concepts were already there. And so I felt like Lycanius came together very, very easily. World building for for this story was very much, you know, I settled on the magic system, the theme. I settled on Rome as a base. Uh, then I took a lot of world building inspiration from um, historical Rome. Um, so I, I listened to, you know, 50 hours worth of audiobooks and, <laughs> um, you know, did, 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 my, did my research and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, you, you sort of pick up bits here and there and kind of use the bits that you go, ah, oh, this fits in really nicely with the theme. Mm. This is perfect. Oh, I'm going to use this. And then, you know, just occasionally you go, oh, well, this, this is just a nice world building thing that, that gives it a bit of flavor and uh, it's not necessarily key, but um, it'll, it'll make the world feel more real, feel a bit more lived in and, and, and so on. But um, yeah, it's, like I said, it's, it's kind of a messy process of just throwing ideas at the wall, I think, and seeing what sticks. And then eventually, yeah, you, you get a really nice core idea. And that usually leads to um, a story. And I think that I tend to think that stories should be tied to your world building as well, as much as possible, especially with epic mm. fantasy. I feel like it, it's, it's important to have, you know, if you're going to have this big, you know, uh, epic scope, then um, the, the history of your world and, and what's, the, the the basis of your world should have some relevance to what's happening in the story. Otherwise they're, they're a bit too disconnected. The mm -hmm. history can just kind of be a bit dry and boring. And, and, you know, it's a bit of, uh, he's, he's, he's made up a world and then just layered a story on top sort of thing. So it's, it, it's, it's all very interconnected, which again, is, is why it was so difficult. I think it's kind of going around in circles and trying to figure out what works um, for a while. And then eventually, yeah, just, I settled on, a few of the core things and everything really grew from there. Yeah. I like how you said that, like the, like, for example, one of the core things to the world is like the hierarchy. Right. And then you yeah. have this like little subplot of like this main character that's progressing throughout that hierarchy, like in the form of like an even more narrow concept of the school. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. I like how that, like you can kind of expand that and contract it as you mm. see fit to make like a cool, absolutely cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So characters now, um, so tell us a little bit about the challenge of writing this like really deep story and in, in a first person point of view where we really need to be able to get inside our main character's head compared to a, a third person narrative where you want it to have several characters and each one kind of expands the world in different ways. I would imagine one of the challenges with the first person story is making side characters notable because you don't mm. get as much time with them as you do in a third person story. Uh, was that something that was difficult or, or what, what else for you uh, works with characters? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was, it was interesting with this, this series. I think, I think with characters, it, it was one of the things I really, I really tried to focus on a little bit more in this series. Uh, you know, as I was saying earlier, um, one of the, one of the reasons I wanted to start a new series was to, to, um, start with a blank slate and kind of stretch myself a bit as, as an author. And when I did that, I did go back through 
um, the reviews, both both positive and negative, uh, of Lycanius, and tried to to take some common themes of, mm. okay, where can I improve? And it's it's yeah, yeah, it's it's not easy sometimes, but um, you know, I think one of the one of the things that um, is a it's not a common common criticism of, of Lacanius, but it's common enough that it, that I noticed that as a thread was that um, some of the characters felt um, a little bit a little bit flat, a little bit samey, um, and it's one of those things where you go, well, obviously I disagree with it. <laughs> um, you, you know, like I, I I didn't write the characters like that. I I feel like as a reader, these characters would be um, I would really enjoy these characters, but as a as a professional, that's where you have to go. I can, you know, we we work in a subjective field, mm-hmm. and um, as much as I disagree with that, that does not make that a, an invalid criticism. And so, I, I, it was it was one of the things I really wanted to do with this series is, is sit down, okay, uh, and go, yeah, I I want to make sure that my characters feel a bit more distinct. I want to I want to pay them more attention, develop them. A bit more, and, I, and not not to the extent that I'm going to sacrifice the things that um, I think that I'm good at or or I enjoy, like plot and pacing and stuff like that. But just just make more of an effort to really work in character work into the story. Yeah, so so it was it was definitely it was definitely a challenge. I think in some ways, the, for this for the for the first person perspective, I found that almost easier because you are in Viss's head so much more, and so it's yeah. it's you it, it's his, his emotions are you know um i guess more obvious um and you're that much closer to the story that that you're more likely to to feel for, for that character and and so i feel like that was that was easier um and then yeah side characters yeah it, it was it was really just a case of going okay you know they're not just here to drive the plot forward they're here yeah. to 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 be characters in their own right you know there's the the old saying that every character is a hero in their own story. Yeah. Right. And so you try and keep that in mind. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, so yeah, um, hopefully that's, that's something that um, uh, comes across in this book that it's uh, something that has, has improved. I, I definitely think it has. And I think that it's cool because Viz, I, like me and Stephen were talking before and then saying that that would be hard to, to do this characterization the way that you did it. But like, you also do perceive characters how this perceives them too. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. he kind of categorizes them for you and he like notices distinct things about them too. So it's, you know, that's, I, I really enjoyed each of the characters in this book and they are so different because they all like, one of the things I really loved is each, each character had their own motivations, right. That were like yeah. totally separate from Viz's and that were like driving their own, um, like they had their own motives. So I think that really, that really came across in the book for me. Awesome. That's, that's, Good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool too with the first person narrative. Uh, you can kind of obfuscate what's going on a bit by, you <laughs> yeah. know, we have this one guy's point of view on who yeah. the surrounding people are and what their motives might be or might not be. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. We don't, as the reader, we don't really know what's going on until, until this character does. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think that's, that's where the, the present tense helps as well. Yeah. Um, because you, you know, you do, you do certain things in, in the past tense and um, if he's narrating in the past tense, he should know. Uh, yeah. But present tense, it really, it means, especially for this, it, it, it means 
you as the reader, you don't know who he can trust, especially um, with with his um, particular situation. So, yeah, I think that I, I, I agree. I think that that really that really helps from that perspective. Okay, we have a question here that you've kind of touched on a little bit, but um, it's from another friend who is also an author. She's publishing her second book later this year. And she says, um, as an author, can you ask about how uh, how he approached getting a new trilogy book deal once he'd finished with Lycanius? And it sounds like part of it is your agent came to you and said, what's, what's next? But <laughs> from an author point of view, is there anything that you would add to that process? Um, yeah, I mean, that was, honestly, that was just a very pleasant surprise when it happened. Uh, I assumed the entire way through that I was going to have to just start another book, finish another book, submit it to my agent, my agent submit it to publish, basically go through the same process. And uh, yeah, what, what ended up happening was, yeah, uh, Paul came to me and said, yep, look, we've got, we've got interest from publishers about what you want to do next. Can you put together a couple of, a couple of sort of one-page pitches and um, we'll, we'll shop them around and see what happens sort of thing. Uh, and, and it all kind of went from there. Uh, so that was that was nice to, to to get a contract without actually having to write a book, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, look, I think that honestly, I assumed that that was just that was just an effect of the fact that the the first trilogy sold well. I I, I have to assume I assume that was a business decision where they went cool. Um, we're confident that whatever you write next has a good chance of 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 selling. Um, so, you know, let us know what you want to write and and we'll see whether we're interested sort of thing. And it sounds like you have to stick up for yourself a little bit with like not wanting to continue on in the Lycanius world too. You know what I mean? Like you had to, you know. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I definitely got some uh, uh, none too subtle questions about whether <laughs> I was going to keep on going. Um, yeah. And look, that's, that's fine. I understand. Oh, yeah. I understand that that, you know, it's especially, you know, publishing is a business and, and they want to do what's going to be the surest money. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I did have to put my foot down a little bit and go, um, no, this is what I want to do. But my agent especially was was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he he supported me the 100% of the way. He was never going, oh, you should you should write more Lycanius. It was very much the the, the publisher that was that was pretty keen for that. Um, but yeah, an interest, it was an interesting experience. That's for sure. Okay. So final question book comes out next week. This is your fourth book, uh, first in the new trilogy. How have, uh, how have feelings around book releases changed for you over the years? Like, like what's the level of anxiety? What are, what are the feelings, uh, <laughs> as this, as this comes out next week, are, are you just excited? Are you nervous? Are you dying? Like what, what's going on? Do you have any like traditions that like if I don't wear these clothes on like book release day, then it's not gonna sell. I really I should I should have those. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't have any traditions. Um, it's been very different for each one. Um, this one is is a weird one in that I am the most confident in this book out of all of my books. Uh, I feel like I can. I feel confident in saying that this is my best book as an author. But that makes me the most nervous <laughs> because again it's it's such a, a, a subjective thing for for readers like i i can go this is my best book i know that i have done my best work here it could still not be as well received as like um people could 
theoretically read this and go, well, this, you know, uh, it doesn't resonate as much for me. You know, I, I'm not connecting as, as much with it as, as with your previous work. Um, like that's, that's a possibility. I don't think it'll happen. Um, the, the, the early reviews for this book have been great, um, which has been really encouraging. But, uh, you know, it's still that, that until it's out in the world, you just don't know. You don't know how people are going to react. And that's, that's very different from, you know, I, I think about my first book and, and there was, I was just excited to have it out in the world when I self-published. Um, that was, I was very relaxed about that because I had no <laughs> expectations whatsoever. I was like, oh, great. I've got two sales. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, second book, I was like out of my mind stressed because uh, again, I had that fear of, uh, you know, if this is not a good book, if if this is not received well, this could be it. This could be my career done. Um, the the dream gone sort of thing, uh, which you know was probably over over exaggerating the situation, but that's that's how I felt at the time. Uh, and then and then when light came out came out, I, I don't honestly I don't remember. I th- I think I was just generally pretty confident. I was very happy with the way it all finished um i was really excited to see what people felt about the ending it's a little bit of nervousness because you know that was the end of that was the end of the story and you know you really want people to enjoy the end of the story like that's that's what you're leaving them with essentially so i was nervous about that but um again it's they've all been very different but yeah uh, for this one confident and nervous at the same time <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, to some degree, you're trying to read people's minds and make sure that you're writing whatever yeah. is going to resonate with them. And who knows, maybe like everyone, everyone in the world changed in the past five years. I don't think they did either, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see in a week's time. Well, it's an exciting time. So, um, you know, we'll be out there promoting you on Twitter and and in our little circle of, of friends too. So, cause I'm excited for awesome. people to read it just so I can talk to people about it. So <laughs> fantastic. That's awesome. Yes. Selfishly, we want people to read it. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you so much, James. Uh, this has been really fun. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. That's been, um, yeah, it's been good fun. I've enjoyed it. All right. Uh, best of luck with everything on release and, uh, you know, let us know about that, uh, that beta reader the beta reading offer yep that, yeah that yeah that's that's a serious that's uh, we're not we're not messing sure, around you we, sure. we, we need we need to know what happens well i'll, I'll let my wife read it first okay yeah <laughs> all right well uh if you want to check out the will of the many it is available everywhere on may 23rd is that that is release yep. day right yeah that's right yes. yep perfect all right well thanks everyone for watching and listening see you later yeah